got to be on the same page for the unit to work. And obviously, you guys had that going pretty well. One of our players, it was just like second game ever playing rugby. He broke his ankle almost out of the skin. And the entire team rushes to field to like immediately start training for him. And all he could do was smile. And this guy has a broken ankle almost through his skin. And the only thing he could do was like smile. That moment just has like, it's like a lasting like memory that I'll always mm. cherish from Tennessee. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. It's called No Playbook, and it's brought to you by D1 Training. My name's Casey, and on this show, we interview the coaches, players, and experts that help to make sports and fitness such an important part of life here in East Tennessee. Uh, I'm admittedly not not a really big rugby guy. My sister actually played in high school and then some internationally, but I've never really learned all about the little intricacies of you know the world of college rugby or even uh, the MLR. But my guest today was able to kind of help me wrap my head around that entire just rugby life. His name is Josh Shetler, and he's an outstanding rugby player from the University of Tennessee. He was a part of the national championship team uh, at UT last year. Right now, he's training and preparing for the MLR combine that will lead to their draft. Josh does his training at D1, and he talks a little bit about uh, just how D1 has helped him kind of take his game to the next level. He's gotten quicker and a little more explosive since working out here. If you're not familiar with D1 training, they got a little bit of something for everyone. Personal training, team training, youth development programs, adult boot camp classes, and so much more. But right now, let's go ahead and get to it. It's Josh Shetler on No Playbook. Uh, the gym I work at, I just got off and I, there's a lot going on in my apartment. They're like redoing our AC right now, apparently, that I didn't know about. And so this is like the only a new quiet place. I'm in our group room right now and it's reserved until 5.30. I, I guess that's pretty good having access to that spot. Being a rugby guy, you're, you're probably always having to, you know, work out and build build something else. You use some muscles yeah. that you, you don't in other sports, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's nice to, it's just like a block from my apartment too, so it's super close. How did you even get into rugby? Because it's obviously not that popular of a thing around here. Yeah, so I actually played baseball and football up until eighth grade. And my older brother played football all throughout high school. My parents kind of saw how he didn't really get to live like his high school life because he was always at football practice and didn't get to really. What school were you at? I'm sorry. I went to beach high school graduated that's what i thought so my parents told me to pick and i picked baseball i thought i was like the best baseball player ever um turns out i'm terrible i am so bad mm -hmm. i played my freshman year and the only thing i did was pinch run and bullpen catch and i was the first baseman <laughs> so yeah. um i had been to a couple rugby practices just because a bunch of my friends played and i went to just like kind of stay in shape and so the coach my high school coach, Brian Silkwood, got knowledge that I was not actually playing baseball and called me and was like, man, you're too fast to be, to be pinch running and, and not making an actual like athletic appearance in high school. He was like, come play rugby. So I, I went to a couple of practices and I honestly did not want to play. I was like, 
I'm going to get beat up. I'm going to get hurt. Um, I'd rather just like not be an athlete. <laughs> this is what it's come to. And I kind of stuck with it. Uh, I got, I didn't, I stopped going to practice for like two weeks and then they got the coach again, called me and was like, what are you doing, dude? And so I, I started playing rugby and I kind of fell in love with it after I actually got to play my first game and realized that like, it's not all just big hits and big blows. You actually taught how to properly tackle. And I just fell in love with it and it's gotten me to the place I'm at now. So I, I totally understand that um, upon first viewing, it can seem a little like intimidating. My baby sister, who was eight years younger than me in high school, she played. She eventually made, uh, I don't know if it was the U19, or she made a national team. She went to England and played, and but she's tiny. She's like four foot 11. I'm not exaggerating there. And But mean as a snake when she was on that field. And I would just, just watching it. I mean, girls are mean as hell on a, on a rugby field. Yeah, they are. Hair, they are. hair pulling, just whatever you can. And I'm watching this going like, who is this person? So just me watching even the girls play was was a little intimidating going like, geez, this sport is something else. Uh, so I, I totally understand how before you play it, um, it, it can be a little off, <laughs> off putting. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, you've you've obviously made big strides. You you came to Tennessee. You're on the team. Won a national championship. Talk about that experience. Yeah, man. That uh, that group and that team. I want to I want to give credit to COVID because that team was the first team back from COVID. Oh, look at him. Yeah, there's the old old Devin. Um, so I mean, this is you're the first person to give uh, credit to COVID. So. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, we were training. We were training for rugby, not, and we knew we didn't have a schedule. We knew nobody would play us, and that that group of guys just kind of stuck it out. We didn't have coaches at some of our practices, and um, the university actually told us that we were not allowed to have equipment. So we were not. We were practicing without rugby balls, like we were visually like just passing air to each other, and like making plays in our head, and. Um, like we worked all throughout that whole year of COVID and we came back and finally had a, an SEC schedule and just blew through opponents like 56, zero 60 some odd oh. points. And I mean, it was just cause all those teams didn't have, they weren't practicing. They, they used COVID as an excuse. And I think us at Tennessee used COVID as another excuse of why we should right. be doing other things and why we should be working towards being better rugby players. And um, I mean, our heart and dedication, we got upset with each other, like on the field when a team scored against us, like just one, just once, if they scored once, the whole attitude of the team changed because we were so mad that we knew we shouldn't have let them score. And so, I mean, going 14 and 0 that year, was just uh, awesome. Playing Bowling Green, who had won their conference championship, like 40 some odd years in a row and then coming out and um, beating them, beating the smack out of them. It was just, I mean, it was awesome. Wow. Does Tennessee have a, a tradition? Like, is there a history of rugby success in the past? Yeah. So I've won the conference title all four years I've been here besides okay. the COVID year, I guess you could say, but um, so I guess three years we've run, we've won the SEC all three years. Um, before that, they had won it like twice. I'm I'm pretty sure, and so that that group of guys that that happened in 
2021 was just, I mean, they set the standard now. And now we're getting, we're, our recruiting classes are like tripled in size. We're bringing in like 25 freshmen this, this mm-hmm. fall. And so it's just, like, people are just plugged in. But what is the national championship like? You know, we're all used to watching the uh, big three, right? When there's confetti and there's, you know, CBS and a song after it sung by Brian McKnight. What is it like for, for rugby or one of these smaller sports that doesn't get the, the recognition that it deserves when you win a national championship? Is it in any way like anticlimactic or is it something special that we just don't know about? I would definitely say it's it's definitely not anticlimactic. Um, it's definitely super something super special. Um, it takes a lot of work to get there, especially doing it undefeated. And the fans that we had that year were, I mean, we had a student section following us that went all the way. We played in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, and they followed us all the way there. And they were in the stands after every time we scored, treating it like a football game, singing Rocky Top. Um, and then as soon as we we win and the, the final buzzer goes off. We all run over to the sidelines and we, instead of them rushing the field, we rushed the stands and we're jumping in the stands. And I mean, it was just, an, I would say it's, it's a lot less, there's a lot less people there, but it's, um, it's a lot more heartfelt because those, the, the people in the, in the stands, they, they know what rugby is and they've been following you the whole year. And so they've, they've grown an attachment to you guys and we've grown an attachment to them. And I mean, some of those games, if we didn't, if we didn't have them, they, they would definitely we wouldn't have the same energy that the team had. So I mean, it's definitely awesome. We get a giant trophy that we get to hoist up in the air, and we didn't give to the coaches for like two weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a it was a special a special thing for that group of guys. So now you're training though for the Major League Rugby draft. School me on, I was about to say like I've never heard of it, but I've almost never heard of it, the Major League Rugby, like just the league itself. Like, yeah. Are there a lot so of teams? Is it, you know, turnouts? What is it like? There's 15 teams all over the U.S. Um, Miami is getting a new team this year. Chicago just got a new team last year. Um, there's two teams in Texas. I mean, they're all over. There's 15 teams. Um, they play an Eastern and Western Conference. And so this weekend is actually the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, and then they'll play the, the MLR Championship, which is like the Super Bowl for rugby, I guess, in America. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you're traveling. You're doing you're doing everything a professional athlete would do um, six months out of the year. You report um, the end of December, early January, and you, you're, you're there through June, July, if you're making it to playoffs. And so, I mean, it's it's – just like any other sport, reports and training and everything, um, contracts, just like that. Yeah, so the combine, the combine's coming up in two weeks. So I've been training with Devin with that. And um, they only invite the top 50 players in college rugby. So um, super honored to be one of those top 50 players. Um, and then there's only 45 picks. So five players are just not going to make it. <laughs> So, but what what are the events? So I, I know I can tell you all the events at an NFL combine. What are the events yeah. at this one? So it's just, it's almost the exact same as the NFL combine. You have your 40 um, meter dash instead of yards. It's an extra like three feet or something like that. Um, you got your 10 meter, um, your 5, 10, 5. And then what's different from NFL combine is uh, we, we do a Bronco test. 
So uh, 20, 40, 60, five times, like a kind of like a shuttle run. Um, and you're trying to get the lowest time in that. And then obviously bench press, vertical jumps. Um, basically everything you'd see at an, at an athletic testing combine um, is what they're testing. And then at the end of it, they split us into two teams, um, 25 each, each team, and we play each other. So the best of the best go against each other, and you actually get to show what, what you can do on a, on a rugby field. Oh, wow, that's great. Is, um, is Major League Rugby, like, is that a full-time job? Or is, is it, you know, jumping off point to other sponsorship opportunities, that kind of thing? Yeah, so um, I know guys that do do it just 100%. They're just rugby players. Um, being just in the MLR probably isn't what you want to do just by itself. Um, the contracts are not are not up there as other professional sports. Um, they're usually capped at about 40000 Um, So enough to get by, but uh, probably not enough to if you actually want to move on and do, do more things in your life. But, um, yeah, there's definitely some opportunities there for sponsorships. And um, then when you're – so the six months I was talking about, you, you start in late December, early January, and then you go through June and July. That other, that other six months that you're, you're not in season with MLR, you can go and you can play overseas. You can go and play for club teams around, around the nation. And I know, I know some premier teams that, are, that they're paying as well. And then if you go overseas and play in the fall over there, um, you get a contract over there. So you can you can really have like multiple different contracts or multiple different teams to make it to where you're actually a, a professional athlete. Oh, that's great. What if, yeah. what have you been mostly working with Devin on to prepare for the combine? Yeah, definitely my speed. Um and like all my testing events, my broad jump, he would uh tell you he uh we actually tested this morning. Um, at D1, and he would tell you that it's my it's by far the most improved I've ever done. He's ever seen or I've ever done on um, a test. I went from like a, a 90 to like a 112 in like oh. six. So um, definitely just training on my my running mechanics, my form of everything. Before before I started training with Devin, I couldn't tell you how you were actually supposed to do a broad jump. I probably couldn't tell you the right mechanics and how to run a 40. Yeah, so he's basically just broken everything down that I've known the last 22 years of my life in athletics and just tried to make him the best he could with a short time in six weeks. And I think our testing this morning really, like, proved that Devin knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that um, when the actual draft happened, uh, I assume, will the new Miami expansion team, do they have the first pick? Is it, is it kind of like that? It's a, So it's a reverse order. Um, of the standings from the previous season, just like I guess the NFL does. I'm not sure where Miami is going to fit into that because they're a brand new team. Um, they could have the first pick, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, I really don't know the the actual. They don't. They haven't released the actual where each pick is going, but um, it's typically reverse order of the rankings from the previous season. Uh, do you have anywhere you're hoping to land? Uh well, how about a Anywhere. team that's your favorite? How about that? Yeah. Um, the player development out in Utah. Um, we had a kid last year, the first pick ever from Tennessee, who actually went out to Utah, got drafted by Utah. He's been out there for a year. Um, to get to play with him again on the same team would be like, a, like an awesome dream come true. Um, but also their player development, they're doing everything right out there in Utah. They're, they're making you 
coming in, kind of like what Devin did with me in the last six weeks, is they're breaking down what you've known in rugby your whole life, and they're making you to where you can excel in this environment of MLR and other um, contracts. But uh, I've only uh, I've only talked to a couple teams, so I'm keeping my options open. But um, there's, a, there's a heavy favorite towards Utah at this time. Okay. Got it. Now, when it comes to college, is there, when I was asking, is is not Tennessee's kind of tradition, and is there like, I don't know, is Bowling Green, you talk about their success, are they like a traditional powerhouse? Yeah, so there's there's different divisions of, uh, like, you typically hear, like, you're, oh, you're a D1 athlete. Um, there's different divisions. So Tennessee ranks in Division One, AA. The higher division is Division One, single A, which is like live. Cal, Lindenwood, um, all those smaller kind of schools except Cal are the big powerhouses in rugby. Like their guys are going there just specifically for rugby. Um, and they're, they're able to offer, they're fully varsity programs funded by the school. They're not club teams. And so they're able to offer scholarships and stuff like that. But in D1AA, I mean, there's us, uh, Tennessee, there's Virginia Tech who won it last year, the national title last year. Um, Louisville is an up and going, up and growing D1AA program. Yeah, our, all the SEC schools, I mean, we have a we have a tough running for to win the SEC and make it to the playoffs. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson's in the SEC for rugby. Um they're all they're all quality sides that uh, that produce. But I mean when when the last I'd probably say in the last five, ten years, if you heard Tennessee rugby, you knew that they were a good player. But now is one single A, do they dominate? Do those players dominate the MLR draft? Um, there's a lot of pool from those those teams. Um, definitely, I think I'm on a single handful, probably one of the only D1 AA players. Um, a lot of them are live Cal, Lindenwood, Arizona State, um, some of the bigger programs. They they definitely dominate it. Um, but I think I think that's right where I want to be. Um, honestly. Uh, me and Greg, the guy who uh, got drafted by Utah last year, thought it was actually a, a better experience to to not have the weight of having it coming from a big program um, to kind of be a sleeper in the draft and kind of put Tennessee rugby on the map. There you go. Well, that's great, man. What um, something I do ask everybody: What is your favorite? exercise when you're working out it could be something specifically for rugby it could be something in the weight room i'd probably honestly say like my sprints like working on my sprint work just learning the mechanics that actually make me faster because i i came in thought of thinking i was pretty pretty fast but then like breaking it down and actually like seeing how you're supposed to be running and um getting to actually apply that it's 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 kind of fascinating that you can take off so much time by actually running the right way right and and i guess the broad jump too you you've yeah. really learned something to do the mechanics right and improve that by so much yeah I, I, so i got one more i'm actually going to add this to the mix folks folks that listen to the show know i asked that past question to everybody but one more i'd love to hear a great sports memory for you it could be something on a field when you're a little kid it could have been Tennessee, or even as a spectator, it's something that sticks out to you, a great lasting sports memory. Every time I think of, um, it's going to go back to Tennessee rugby again. Um, like every time I think of Tennessee rugby, 
this embodies what I've been taught and what we're trying to build at Tennessee Rugby is um, one of our players, it was just like second game ever playing rugby, broke his ankle, like out of almost out of the skin um, and was like laying on the ground and the entire team rushes the field to like sit down and like immediately start praying for him. And all he could do was smile. And this guy has a broken ankle almost through his skin. And the only thing he could do was like smile. And it, I mean, it was just that, that moment just has like, it's like a lasting like memory that I'll always mm. cherish from, from Tennessee. Well, I mean, rugby also seems like something you are, you're very much a tight group. You're a team. You've got to be on the same page uh, for the unit to work. And obviously you guys had that going pretty well. Yeah. So that is yeah. definitely, it's definitely a brotherhood um, that you're out on the field and you're in the trenches with every person next to you. So um, I think we've, we've truly encompassed that here at Tennessee. Right on. Well, Josh Shetler, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Best of luck at the combine coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Thank you so much again to Josh Shetler for joining me on the show. And as always, thanks to Mike McBath Music for the song. You can follow the show on Instagram at No Playbook Pod. One. I said.